You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, March 22nd, 2020. Coming at you from the Hockey Night in New York studios on Long Island. Welcome to the show, everyone. We have a very special edition, a rare edition of Hockey Night in New York. Obviously, with all the the madness going on right now out there, we hope everybody's doing all right. We hope everybody's keeping safe, working on your social distancing and your self-isolation and thinking of your, your fellow friend, fellow man, fellow woman. And uh, we hope everybody's doing all right. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabile. Tony, in these crazy times, how are you, pal? Uh, I am uh, social distancing myself from you, which uh, is <laughs> why God. we are, uh, which is why <laughs> we are all doing this over the phone this evening. Yes, but uh, I am, uh, in all seriousness, uh, I am well. We are, we are all well here. You're good. Family's uh, good. Everybody's all right. Yes, yes. Everybody is good. Thank um, goodness for that. You need to give. You need to give a. Uh, everybody at the end of this thing is going to be very, very appreciative of their. Uh, teachers and child caretakers, caretakers yeah. because yeah. when you spend when you spend I, look no one loves their kids more than I love mine but oh my god like yeah, when you're with them 24 hours a day it's like oh boy so it is <laughs> yeah uh, what's that like <laughs> it's, it's interesting to say the least it is interesting but I mean look they're they're doing the best that they can and you know it's it's yeah, I, I try to remember that their their life has been turned upside down too, and you know, like I, I'm a person that's not home very often. You know, I, I have you know, I, it's between commuting and working, and you know, what the show and and uh, you know, different you know activities and things that you know that I do, and you, you know, it's to be home all the time, to be working from home now is is just my life is definitely upside down. I know yeah. a lot of people feel this way. You know, you have to try to rebuild a, you know, some type of structure, a routine around, you know, where what life is like at this point. I know it's difficult, but right. hope everyone is doing well with that. And, uh, you know, and, you know, just try to do the best you can while uh, we live in these uh, these crazy times right now. Yeah, it is. It is a wild time. And, you know, we, we got to address it here at the top of the show. And, you know, our heart goes out to everybody who's been affected by it in one way shape or form you know a lot of people you know it seems like the numbers keep going up and you know family members people that are close to one another are getting infected and it's it's just a wild time I've you know I know pretty much pretty much all of us have never really experienced anything like this before and it's it's crazy so we just hope everybody's doing okay and as best as they can and getting through it as, as best as they can and you know help a friend out help a family member out whatever you can do call in check on loved ones and all that kind of stuff and, um, you know, don't forget, wash your hands, all that stuff. And, and uh, it definitely puts things like this into perspective. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we, we're lucky enough to do a little podcast about hockey and, and you know, uh, enjoy ourselves and stuff like that. And we hope, um, you know, during all this madness, this helps uh, create a little bit of distraction from all the, all the stuff that's going on. So, Tony, with that being said, the NHL has been canceled, <laughs> at least in the foreseeable future. There, mm-hmm. is, there is no return in sight. Um, when when the suspension was initially announced, there was some hope that maybe 
you know, maybe not a significant amount of time would pass before games, you know, came back. I know that it, it sounded like there was some sort of soft game plan to maybe get games back in June or July. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think we're going to see this season come back. Uh, I believe you feel the same way. And obviously that is unfortunate, but there's some much bigger things at play here. But we will continue to cross our fingers and hope that not only, you know, sports and and all that stuff comes back, but obviously just a, uh, a return to health and a return to normalcy for everybody. So, you know, we'll um, we'll play around and, and, and talk about these potential, you know, return to the NHL scenarios just, just you know, to have a little fun with it and see, uh, you know, what may come. But, Tony, uh, you know, wh- where are your thoughts on that? You think we got a chance of this season coming back at all? I, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I thought it was a long shot, obviously, when they when they first paused it. You know, when, when, when players, when athletes started coming down with this and – you know, for an example, when you look at, you know, what happened in basketball with Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell and, you know, when, when, when you see how easily someone just came from I don't feel well to now two teammates have it. Now right. it spread into another locker room. It spread into another team that they played. And now it spread into another sport that, that, that used the locker room after that team had already left the building. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, there's too much of a risk for you know these owners, these these athletes. You know, say whatever you want about it, but they're assets and they're multi-million dollar assets. And you cannot even playing to empty buildings. You cannot take a chance when this is going on to get for one of these guys to get something that could you know possibly hinder their their performance down the road you know put their life in danger there's there's way too many variables when it comes to this first and foremost second of all is that you know these these playoff scenarios the playing to empty buildings you know to you know th- there's so many things that would have to happen to play outside of a regular season you know you have you know your standard player contracts and you know, on, on at midnight of, of June 30th, okay? You yeah. have players who have insurance policies that cover them during throughout the, you know, the, the each, each season. You have teams that insure player contracts and players throughout that time. You have, you know, the draft. You have free agency at that point. You'd have to rework all of these different things in order to, to get to award the Stanley Cup at a time where, you know, like anyone is going to look at these things, you're going to have to have a training camp. There's so many different factors. Then you're getting into the idea of you're playing into late July, early August. Are you going to bring these guys back in the beginning of September and then put them in through an 82-game season next year? Right. I, I don't think that's a, a good idea either. So yeah. I think not to have two seasons affected by this, which, and all, in all honesty, after hearing, you know, the governor of New York talk today, it's possible that this goes into next season anyway. Right. So right. at this at this point, I think the idea behind them being able to finish out this year and award a Stanley Cup, even if these teams are playing to empty buildings, I think that that absolutely does not happen. I think the NHL, unfortunately, the NBA, the same thing. I'm not even I'm not just talking about hockey here. I think that the NBA is the same thing. 
Baseball is going to have a, a, a very cut-down schedule as well if they're not getting back on the field until June or July. Right, and so, I think that's I mean, still hopeful. June or July sounds hopeful to me. Again, with it seems like every next day, almost every next hour, there's just some more news coming out that unfortunately is is in the negative, you know, and it, and it seems to be, you know, pushing, you know, things back like sports, unimportant things back like sports, and, you know, life in general. And, and, and look, I mean... When it comes to things like this, you know, you don't want panic. You don't want people going crazy and stuff like that. But at the same time, if if, you, if you're going to assess the situation, I would rather, you know, organizations, leagues, people in general, be over cautious than under cautious. Right? You'd rather be no over prepared no and overdo it a little bit than you know be nonchalant and then things really blow up in your face and, and things get worse than they have to be. Now, where no, go no ahead. Question. No, okay. no question. Yeah. And I, I feel like, yes, we, you know, we, we, we find out something different every day and different numbers and different time frames. Nobody knows anything. And at I, this I point. think they know I th- that I think Batman and the league did the right thing after the news came out that they had their first case in the NBA. The next morning after the NBA suspended their league, the NHL came out and did, did the right thing. You know, I mean, how, how right. can you not after that? Once once there is definitive proof that not only <laughs> has it you know, shown itself in one of the buildings that these teams play in, but also a player, you know, himself. I mean, uh, you know, that means in a locker room in that area. I mean, you have to shut it down. So they did the right thing there. And, you know, now, you know, we're starting to hear about the first cases in the NHL over the last couple days. Uh, Ottawa Senators player ended up having it. I don't know if... Oh, yes, it was two. Correct, right. So the one today, yeah. Right, and that's as far as we know. You know, there, there certainly could be other guys out there you know, that uh, that have it as well that we just haven't heard about yet. So, look, they did the right thing. Look, it obviously sucks. That goes without saying. Nobody wants to be in the position that we're in. You know, everybody's getting cabin fever and stir crazy, and everybody's looking for, you know, anybody who's not affected by it is just looking for ways to, you know, get through it, you know. And, and you know, obviously there's all the other implications. You know, people, some people are out of work, and it's, it's unfortunate. It's absolutely terrible. And it's just an unprecedented, awful time that we all have to to deal with and and get through as best as we can, you know. And and uh, hopefully things start to turn around sooner than later, and and then you know we can, you know, we're, then then we can worry about shows on Sunday nights, you know, and, and yeah. podcasts and stuff yeah. like that, you know. And right. it's just uh, unfortunately that's just not where the you know our heads are at right now for obvious reasons. So you know we'll, we'll talk about you know that you know how the you know, the league may come back, even though we don't think it will. And we'll talk about where the Islanders left off and, you know, what this this means for them. And, and you know, it may not be too soon to start talking about the off season <laughs> because we, we may no, be unofficially in it, you know. Yeah, no, that's certainly possible. And it's just going to be a day-by-day thing, waiting to hear news from, from the league and, you know, but they're obviously going to they're gonna play their hand based on, you know, what's what's happening, you know, Countrywide, North American wide, worldwide, and and you know they really can't, um, you know, really formulate any sort of definitive plan on when to come back until until you know things start to turn around a little bit. I mean, it finally came out today that you know uh, at least out out in the open now that the IOC is considering pushing back the Olympics, which I think is inevitable. I don't think that's happening it's, at it's all. Definitely, oh, it's definitely yeah. inevitable. Right. Definitely inevitable. Right. I mean, I'm sure the the logistics of that is an absolute nightmare, just being a whole worldwide, you know, event, sporting event, right? All that coordination that goes into it. I'm, I'm sure, 
you know, they, they've been trying to wait to the last possible minute on this for, for a reason such as that. So, I mean, I, I, I'm glad that that's not my job to figure out how and when they're going to, you know, bring that back. But, you know, I mean, it just has to be done. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's wild times, like we said. And, and I guess now we'll just get a, a little more into this, the, the whole Islander aspect of it. And, you know, so it's, just to, just as the one, to, to touch on one thing that you said here, you know, yeah. during times, uh, during times in this country where there's been crazy things that have happened, you know, nine eleven and, and earthquakes and, you know, and natural disasters and whatever sports has always, you know, been a distraction for people, you know, right. like after nine eleven, most people will tell you the first time that New Yorkers felt that there was even a remote chance of, uh, of hope was that, was that home run that Mike Piazza hit in that first game back against Atlanta. And it was, it was yeah. an uplifting moment. It's uh, it's one of the great moments in New York sports history. And it was because the country was hurting, you know, right. New York was hurting at that right. time. And it was a great, it was a big thing that was a big dramatic home run. It was a great distraction. And, but now during this, it's that, you know, it's just right now, people are just living in the news cycle. You know, you're living in the, in the fear and the unknown of what's going on. And there is nothing to distract you from anything. Right. And I think that's where people miss sports the most is that you just, you know, you don't have something that you're so invested in is just come to an abrupt halt, just the way the rest of your life has. Right. And you know, and people are having a hard time dealing with it and I don't blame them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, this little speckle of a show, we hope that, you know, this uh, serves as, as a minor distraction while while everybody's going through their own things and stuff like that. So that's why we're here doing this. And, you know, hopefully it helps even even that little bit. So if it helps one person, it's worth it, bro. Sure. Absolutely. If it, if it serves as an escape, even for a little while, that, that works for us. So with Great. that being said, pal, I guess we'll we'll start with the team here, right? I mean... It looks like the Islanders may have ended their season on a seven-game losing streak, buddy. <laughs> and and, and uh, one guy I feel for is JPG, Mr. Pajot, <laughs> coming over at the deadline. And ever since, the guy hasn't won a game, and it looks like he may not have one on the season with the Islanders. <laughs> well, that's, uh, it's unfortunate, too, because he was uh, he was a welcome addition. We talked about it when, when the trade went down and yeah. how excited both of us were, the fact that, uh, that Lou made this deal and got Pajot, which was which is a great move for this team. It's definitely going to help them, you know, if not, you know, if even though it didn't help them, it seems this year or, or whatnot, he is going to be a big, a big factor going forward. A lot of, a lot of people or a lot of guys will say, um, a lot of pundits will say that, you know, anybody who made deals at the deadline and gave up assets now is for nothing because there is going to be no playoffs. You right. know, and some of these guys will go to free agency. And yes, that is definitely true. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the Islanders, uh, you know, acquiring Andy Green, which I look, Andy Green may come back. You never know. I mean, you don't know. Hey, you know, he fit in really well who, here. Who, so. who would be surprised if he ends up being the next Dennis Seidenberg slash, yeah. uh, what's his name? Oh, why does the name escape me? The, the guy, Spisa. Yeah, Lucas Spisa. Mm-hmm. I mean, would anybody be surprised if he ends up coming back in that no. capacity? Of course I, not. I, I wouldn't be surprised. In be fact, surprised I almost expect to be, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. You know, bring him yeah. back on a on a you know low dollar contract, some depth. Because look, as we get into it with I guess some off season talk, look, they're gonna have to move some money around. I mean, who knows what the cap's yeah. gonna look like now? What what kind of effect this is gonna have on revenue and whether the cap's gonna go up? Who knows? The cap might go down now because of this, because of all the money they're gonna lose from all these missed games, from no playoffs. I don't know how that's gonna work, and I'm sure yeah. you know, as we get closer to the summer. You know, we'll get more word on that, but 
I would think that there's a chance the cap either stays flat, it goes down, and that's going to make it, you know, a little tough, you know, not just for the Islanders, but obviously teams, you know, league-wide. And, you know, we've been talking about the impending, you know, situation involving the RFAs, Barzell, Pollock, Devin Taves. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to have to shift some money around. So when you talk about a guy like Andy Green at the age he's at, he just seems like the perfect prime candidate to be that Dennis Seidenberg slash Lucas Spiza that we've seen you know, this team kind of pull along. And, and even before the Barry Trotz era, right, they were doing the same thing with, uh, what was it, Zidlitsky, and I believe there was even a guy or two prior to that. So they, they like that that grizzled, aged veteran, you know, as your seventh, eighth defenseman, just in case. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. Yeah, I mean, the Islands have some guys who make some money who are marketable. You know, we know that, you know, we know that um, Lou has not been afraid to try to dangle Andrew Ladd out there, you know, especially um, in the conversations they had with Zach Parise at the deadline. Uh, so you know that he's definitely looking to try to get Ladd's number off of his books. You also know that they have a marketable piece in that, and in, in, in Nick Letty, uh, $5.5 million contract that could definitely be moved for, you know, for little little money coming back, maybe some picks to recoup from the ones that they dealt uh, at the deadline this year. So, uh, and then Andy Green, you know, has a chance to, to kind of kind of come in and out of the lineup with a Noah Dobson, you know, maybe, uh, you know, yeah. show him a little, you know, show him, show him some of the ropes and some of the things that he's learned over the years and uh, be able to, to kind of ease Dobson into the lineup a little bit as well. So there's, uh, there's definitely some some maneuvering that this team can do. They're not locked into some contracts that they're not going to be getting, not be able to get rid of. You know, Lad. Obviously, if, if Minnesota was willing to talk about him in a move going back, then you know there was some other pieces going around. So, I definitely think that they'll be able to do what they have to do. But yeah, the you know the financial aspect of it, depending upon how long these things go, and you know to how you know how long that they're out. Yeah, it could definitely have a financial impact on the league. For sure, for sure. Well, getting back to, you know, how the the season has left off for the Islanders, the seven-game losing streak, I mean, they they showed some flashes here and there that maybe they could get out of it, and, you know, for one reason or another, they find themselves behind some of these teams. I mean, look, the the, the last game that, that happened, you know, since we did a show was the Vancouver game, another game where they finally put, they put up some goals, right? And, you know, that's been, you know, something that everybody's been, been concerned about is putting goals on the board. They get, they get four goals in that one, but... Vancouver ends up with five. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like it just seems yeah. like whenever they put some some goals on the board, they're going back the other way over the course of you know this this streak yeah. that they were on, and and I guess you know you look at it, and if if this didn't happen, Tony, if everything was normal, if they ended up going into that West Coast swing, which would have uh, you know continued with Calgary and Edmonton that back to back Thursday Friday, and then into the rest of the season, do you think this team had it in them? To, to turn things around, end the losing streak, and, and eventually uh, find themselves in maybe one of the last two wildcard spots of the playoffs? Well, the thing that, that, that kind of opened my eyes was that everyone was very optimistic after the Vancouver game. You know, I believe right. Brock Nelson came out. I think Barry said, yeah, said they were close. much better tonight. We're very close to breaking out of this thing. So, yeah, I, I do believe that they would have been able to break through at some point. You know, they were starting to get a little bit healthy. You know, Casey was back on the ice. Johnny John, Johnny Boychuk was back on the ice. Um, I know Clutterbuck had been down again. Um, but, you know, uh, with the addition of Pajot, with, uh, you know, Andrew Ladd had scored a goal, I believe, in that, uh, I believe he scored a goal in that, in that Vancouver game. Or 
Was a game right? I know before, he so. scored recently. It feels it feels like an eternity ago. It really does. It, it really well because so much has happened in the right. ten days since they've been on the ice. But right, you know, and that's really all it's been, which is amazing. But um, it feels yeah, like so yeah, it didn't, yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't. He score like right off the bat. Yeah, he did score in the Vancouver game. I feel like it was it was, it like, was on a deflection. He was on. It was a deflection uh, off a shot. Um, I think it was the first goal of the game, like real real early into the game. I'm trying to find that. Yeah. But, I, I don't remember specifically, but I know he had just scored, and so there was a there was a little bit of optimism around the way the team had played. Um, yeah, it was know, a minute thirty six in from Bailey right. and Letty. So, yeah, and and yeah, I was off the it was off the point shot from Letty. That's right. And uh, you know there was a, there was some optimism coming out of that game. So yeah, I believe that they would have been able to get out of you know out of the funk that they had been in. You know the uh, you know it's the getting healthy and and, and getting. Um, you know, Pajot into the lineup, I think, and, and, and kind of working out the kinks. And he went through, a, you know, that bad stretch. Yeah. But, you know, look, man, it's... Sezikis were close. They yeah. were close to getting and, back, and, yeah. and both, and those, and, you know, and Sezikis, I mean... Would have been a that huge, was a, that was huge big loss, addition. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, Sezikis put, if you would have, and if, if you would have had Barzell, Nelson, Pajot, and Sezikis as your one through four, I mean, that's a, that's a deep center core right there, so... Right. Uh, I would have loved to have seen. I can't wait to see those four guys hit the ice. Yeah, well, you might be waiting just a bit longer, Tony, (laughs) like we've been talking about. But at least by then, whenever the hell that is, they will be healthy. They will be healthy. Yeah, Yeah, which is good. So, you know, glad to hear that Casey is back on the mend and and, uh, the whole thing with Poichuk, man. Holy cow. You know, good good for him being back out there uh, on the ice. Yeah, you know, before I mean, the, uh, before this, the pause and, this is the year of the, the freak injury for the Islanders. That's one way we're going to, I mean, other than the obvious, the, another way we're going to remember this season is going to be the, the freak accident injuries that the Islanders sustained. He had four of them, right? You had the Pelic, the Pelic one during, you know, the little soccer game that they play before the games, during warm-ups, mm-hmm. and then you got three separate skate incidents like we talked about on the last show. It's just wild. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, so I know, and you know the funny thing is, was last season you you know you, you you remarked, I believe either on the on the recap show or on the the preview show this year how how healthy the Islanders have been. Oh last yeah, year. multiple I times, had multiple times. I didn't say I hadn't sustained many injuries last year, and and you know and that was a big thing. And here this year, no injuries last year, and this year was the year of the what the hell just happened this time, right? Right, and then it's the low averages, man. You know, you get a season where you, you're pretty much scot free. I mean, look, they had some injuries last season, but nothing, nothing major, nothing too long term, nothing too crippling. You know, but this right. season it just seemed like um, you know any of these injuries that that ended up happening just you know kind of broke down the machine, like we talked about in the last show too. You know, when you get key cogs missing from the lineup, you know, in certain spots, and it just mm-hmm. kind of it just kind of breaks the whole thing down, and and it shows you know, how they struggled. Now, maybe they were able to power through that a little more last season. You could say maybe it's because they had a guy like Robin Leonard between the pipes instead of Arlamov. I mean, that's an argument you can have. We talked about that whole thing, too, with the goaltending. But, you know, whatever the case may be, the injuries definitely played a much bigger part in this season, and and, and we definitely saw that. And, you know, maybe it's because they didn't have a guy like Pajot to, you know, fill that filpula spot for the duration of the season and stuff like that. You know, I mean, like we talked about, too, they just... um. 
they just seem to have a really hard time solidifying, you know, that those top nine forwards because of that hole that they couldn't fill in the, in the top in the top uh, three centers. So, right. you know, I'm with you, Tony, in that I, I think they could have turned it around too. I don't think they were going to plummet, you know, to towards the bottom of the standings and out of the playoffs. I, I think they would have held on. Now, you know, would they have gone on some kind of tear and, and even threatened for the three spot, you know, with Pittsburgh and stuff like that? That Yeah, we don't know. I mean, anything, anything is possible with this team. That's something we know for certain. We've seen the best in this team, we've seen the worst, and we've seen everything in between. I mean, we've really seen a lot of different shades of this New York Islander team, and, you know, I think the that they're... Spectrum this year. Yeah, and they're capable of all the above. So, you know, however the season would have ended after we hit Game 82, I don't think any of it would have really surprised me because of all the different shades of the team that we saw. Um, right. I would have been most surprised if they did just plummet to the bottom because I feel like this team has more metal in them. I feel like they have, you know, more mental fortitude to to take this this situation they've they've been in this seven game losing streak, and I think they would have been able to turn around even if it would have been to, you know, hang on to a, a lower wild card spot. You know, again, mm. we will never know. I mean, unless a miracle happens. But look, if the league comes back, there is no chance they're going to finish out the games. They, they would go immediately to a playoff format, whatever the hell right. that may be. And, right. and again, we'll tinker with that a little bit later. But, you know, I don't know. It's uh, I don't think any of us, though, had much hope of them going too deep into the playoffs with the way they've been playing now. Like... If they went on a hot streak to close out the season, we, we would have been feeling much better. And, and look, as they say, once you get in, anything can happen. But right. I I look at it this way. If last season had been cut off like this, I think Islander fans would have been a lot more upset. I think Islander fans would have been real, real upset about the fact that, you know, the season that they were putting together, all the good vibes, because... You know, I mean, let's face it. They were they were basically battling for the division lead pretty much to the end, and there was a lot of hope. There was a lot of promise. Now, because of the way this season trended, because you know all their wins, all their gathered points were were so you know weighted to the to the beginning of the season, and the way that they meandered through the rest of the schedule. You know, over all of that time, you know, we talked about it, right? It, it ended up reaching like a forty fifty game stretch, whatever it ended up being where they just weren't playing, you know, inspiring hockey in the sense that inspiring a fan to feel good about where they're going, you know? Right, right. So I think, you know, in the, it's, look, as much as we want the, the season to come back and to see where they could go, and, and look, you never give up on your team, I'm not, of course. But I feel like given how they kind of sputtered out here until this point in time where the games have, have been suspended, I feel like we can all kind of say, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm all right with it. <laughs> Let's see what happens next season. You know, with the luck that they had this year, I can definitely think. I definitely think most people feel that way. I think that you know the way that you know the, the season went on. You know, after the beginning part of the season, and yeah. then you lost Pellick, and you lost Cal, and then you lost uh, uh, you lost Casey, and then, the, and then Johnny's injury, and you know, just I think just the way those those crazy things happen i think it's one of those years where as a fan you could turn around and be like look it just this was the this was a crazy year we had uh, you know amazing good luck from the beginning of last season it, it, from uh, the beginning of the barry trot era to this year we had no luck so i think that it's it's best to just say you know what chalk it up to it's just not our year and 
be thankful that it ended early. Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, that's that's not us saying, ah, you know, it's just as well. You know, better off. Yeah, no. Not no. Yeah. Look, if they if they said they can come no. back tomorrow, like you know, I'm ready to go. I'm putting my Islander colors yeah, back well, on. I'm ready to watch and let's see what happens. Let's let's shock the world. <laughs> you well, know because, what I mean? You know, this is but all but, been in all seriousness, bro. It, with this pause, you yeah. have to have at least a week to ten days of a training camp. You know, coming back, yeah, it would be a completely different team because all they would have been away. Yeah, all, they come back, they get some rest. They get some some mental rest. They right. get uh, they get the physical rest that they need, yeah. and you you wouldn't get the same product as you had gotten before they went on the pod. Yeah, and whatever the case, all we're really saying here is that like if we were Boston fans, if we were Tampa fans, maybe Flyer oh, fans, be because of the season they've been having, we'd be a lot more upset. I think. Oh hell yeah! Because of the way they have been kind of you know spinning their wheels over the last however long, I think it's just. Easier for Islander fans to say, okay, you know, this obviously sucks. I miss my Isles. I miss my team. I wish miss watching the games. But I feel like it's a little easier to stomach just because the way it kind of ended up, you know. And, you know, we may never know what they would have done with those final, what, 10, 12 games, whatever the hell it would have been. But, you know, 14 games. Yeah. 16. 14. Yeah. So we'll never know. We probably won't know. I, look, I, I hope we're pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I hope that you and I are taking – you know, the, the ultimate conservative approach here, and we end up being wrong. I hope that we're wrong and that the games come back. I just, the way things are going right now, I just I just don't see it. And it's it's probably better that, you know, we all kind of look for something else to, you know, fill that void <laughs> in our lives right now that's, that we're not going to mm-hmm. get from the Islanders and, you know, just to get through this time and everything like that. Um, you know, I guess that's in part why we decided to start up another podcast, buddy. <laughs> We got movie yeah. night in New York debuting yeah. tonight. <laughs> movie night in New York is starting tonight. Yeah, which, we're excited about that. Was, we're gonna fire that up once born, this one's done. Born of an idea that was just tossed around between the two of us, and well, hey, why not? Why not, man? Why not? Look, try something. If, you know, let's, let's, if you, you know, can't talk about hockey, might as well talk about something else, man. And, and movies and TV are, are kind of forever. So, <laughs> you know, you're yeah, you're you're a big movie on. buff. I'm I'm a decent movie buff yeah. myself, and. You know, we're going to nerd out a little bit, and uh, if you you guys want to join us, you know, please do. We hope you guys uh, hop in with us and and have a little fun with us, and we'll see how long that lasts. I guess guess at the very least it'll last as long as this stoppage goes, and, you know, if it's something, you know, we like and something everybody else seems to enjoy, maybe we'll we'll, we'll take it further. But, yeah, folks, uh, if, if you didn't see it on Twitter... We uh we're starting a new podcast called Movie Night in New York, and again, it's it's all uh, as a result of this whole stoppage because we figured, hey, how can we uh how can we keep the pod environment going here? And and it's actually something we tossed tossed around a, a while back, you know, just yeah. thinking about doing it, and then we kind of put it to the side, and you know, I guess now's the time, right? So if you're into yeah, if man, you're I into mean, movies, if you're into TVs, Movie Night in New York, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start it. Yeah, up tonight. it should be should it should be interesting, should be fun, you know, just uh. You know, try to keep it light and, you know, talk about some, uh, you know, some interesting things and, and get some perspective on stuff. And, you know, look, man, we, you know, you need every distraction you can. So, yeah, just, uh, just give it a whirl and see, uh, see where it goes. Yes. So back to the team, back to the team. So I was looking at some numbers of these guys, you know, before we went on the air and, you know, just looking at the season that some of these guys have had. You know, maybe we can, you know, do some grades here. We don't have to go through the whole roster, but maybe some guys that just stuck out to us for good or for for better or for worse. You know, you look at the um, 
the leader of this team, and not not in in literal captaincy, but in in talent and the you know the the number one guy in this team, the number one asset, and that's Mister Matthew Barzell, and he's got sixty. He looks like he's going to end with sixty points in sixty eight games, which is pace for about seventy two points. So right around what he did last season. Um, you know, look the way this the style that this team's played, the the the, the scoring trouble that they've had. You know, I think you know in the beginning of the season we thought he was going to get back into that like eighty. 80-point range, you know, but then, you know, as things kind of started to quiet down offensively, more struggles with the power play and stuff like that, you know, look, it's still a solid season out of him, and I think, you know, getting a full season out of a guy like Pajot where, you know, Matt Barzell doesn't have to worry so much about defensive assignments and stuff like that, and, you know, you can cater his minutes more to, you know, offensive zone face-offs and playing against the uh, the lesser teams on the other side and, you know, obviously his power play time and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, you see a guy like Barzell get his numbers going up just because of the support he has from the depth of his uh, his center position. But, you know, why don't you just give some opinions, Tony, on, on, on the season that Matthew Barzell, Matthew Barzell had up until this point? Um, I would probably give Matt Barzell maybe like a, like a B for this year. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, you know, there were times where he was the most dominant player on the ice in, in certain games. And then there were more than more times that I like to count where he made some type of, of, of immature or stupid play, uh, either that infuriated Barry Trotz to the point where he wanted to bench him or did bench him. Or took a bad penalty that ended up costing you know the Islanders a, a point or a, or having to go to overtime. So there are some really good things going on with Matt Barzell and some things he really needs to work on. And it's not in his game. You know the things he needs to work on is he needs to get his you know he needs to stop chirping at the refs. He needs to stop taking these bad penalties. He needs right. to you know propose himself needs to, you know, keep his calm out there and, and do a better job with that. And, you know, I mean, Barry is, is a, is a real patient coach. So for you to see him to lose his school or to bench his best player in a third period of a game or a second period in a game is goes to show you, you know, how frustrated he is. He's not one that just fly off the handle. So, um, I, that's something that Matt needs to work on. And, you know, if he wants to be considered, you know, a top-tier player in this game, he needs to knock that stuff off. No, I agree. I mean, he still has a, a selfish element to his game, and, you know, maybe you just hope and, and chalk that up to, you know, youth and immaturity and stuff like that. I mean, hopefully that's something that he can kind of, you know, get a uh, get a get a grip on because, you know, look, we've seen it firsthand. It has cost the Islanders a couple of points here and there, and... You know, you, you can't. You, you look. He doesn't have the C on his chest, but he's he's a guy who still has to lead by example on this team because he is the go-to guy on this franchise. Great. He is the face of this franchise, and you know, not not just for for leadership purposes, but just for you know the results on the ice. I mean, you got to be responsible, and he's he's made some irresponsible plays, particularly with his stick. I mean, we saw that recently. You know, where you know he negated that that penalty late in the game. And, you know, he got to stick up high. And, I mean, there's just no need for it, you know. And, and right. we see, you know, it, it's just it's just got to get to a point where, you know, it's minimized. And the funny thing is, I'm looking at the numbers here. And if you take Ross Johnson out of the equation, because obviously his penalty minutes are going to be high because of the job that he does for this team. Matthew Barzell is third overall in penalty minutes if you, if you remove Johnston. 
He's got 44. You can't have that. You can't can't have that guy not on the ice. The only only two guys other than Johnston ahead of him in penalty minutes are Scott Mayfield with 53 and Anders Lee with 47. He Matt Barzell. Now, granted, he's he's been in thirteen more games, but Matt Barzell has more penalty minutes than Matt Martin. Martin has forty. Barzell has forty-four. Mm-hmm. Which is, is, I did not expect to see that. <laughs> no, no, nobody would. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look, it's not look. He's not taking stupid penalties every game, but no, he's but taking he's taking more, more than he should. More, That's the bottom line. Exactly right. It's exactly right. So look, uh, this certainly isn't the uh, the dump on Barzell party here, but you got to be able to call the guy out, you know, uh, you know when when you see him, uh, you know, being a detriment to the team. So look, I mean, he's obviously he's the greatest player on the team, and I mean he's he's responsible so for for so much of the offensive production of this team. I mean, Lord knows where they'd be without him, but doesn't mean you can't expect more from him. doesn't mean you can't try to pull more out of this guy, and I'm sure Barry Trotz does, and, and he's going to do his best to get more out of this guy. And, look, he's still extremely young. He's going to get a nice, fat contract this summer, and, you know, maybe that settles him down a little bit too. And, and look, you know, we've talked about it for a long, long time, and, you know, hopefully they get a little more help, you know, whether it's a guy that ends up on his line or whether it's a guy that just, you know, you know, just um, rounds out the scoring more so that he, you know, all the weight isn't on his shoulders, his and Andrews Lee's and Jordan Everly's shoulders. You know, it'd be nice if if they can add one more top six guy, you know, to to really, you know, just spread the scoring out. Or, you know, they're going to need a guy like maybe Anthony Bavillier to, to develop into, you know, a first-round threat. You know, we're seeing more flashes of it, and we can talk about him a little bit now. You know, he's had a he, – he's still, you know, still trending up. You know, Bavillier, 39 points. He almost cracked the 40, 40 number. If we if we obviously would have gone further into the season, 18 goals, 21 assists, easily on pace for another 20 to 25 goal season. And it's just interesting with him because, you know, maybe it's even a little bit of, uh, you know, Brock Nelson in him in the sense that, you know, when Bavillier gets hot, he's hot, you know, and when he gets cold, man, he just disappears. It's it's the Brock Nelson syndrome. That's that's really what he's what he's had over the over the, the pre Barry Trotz Brock Nelson syndrome. We, yeah. we we like Brock Brock Nelson's game since Trotz took over. <laughs> yeah, no, we're 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 very very happy with the with the new Brock Nelson as opposed to the the pre Barry Nelson. But, right. I mean, listen, you know, Bavillier is a guy who is extremely talented. He works very hard. Um, but yes, his offense is definitely very north and south. It's, you know, when he's, when he's going, it's going great. And when it's not, he's just, you know, he's completely lost. So you're hoping that he can find some consistency the way, the way that Brock has done it, you know, it took him a little bit longer than it, you know, takes the average player. Um, but I think Anthony Bavillier is a 25 goal scorer in the NHL. I think that he can do that on a consistent basis. He's got the talent to do it. He's got the, you know, the offensive potential, the speed, uh, the, the hockey IQ. He definitely has all of those traits. He just needs to be able to find some consistency in his game. And, you know, some of it's mental, you know, some of it's just, you know, not getting too high or too low, how you're playing and, and what you're doing. And some guys do that. You remember Josh Bailey early on in his career, Used to do the same thing. Used to get very low on himself. Would uh, you know? Would lose confidence in his game. Anything happened with Nelson? So sometimes it right. just takes you know, um, you know, uh, a voice or you know, a coach or, or 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 an event in order to get that you know to get past something like that. And we're hoping that 
that Barry can find that, whatever that is for, for Anthony Bovillier, because he's he's a talented player and he's going to be a good player in the NHL for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I still have confidence that he can develop into a higher producing player. I think he definitely does have top six potential full time where he can, you know, be a, maybe in that 50 point, you know, uh, 50 to 60 point range. I mean, look, he cracked 39 this season in 68 games. He was he already hit his career high. Uh, his previous career high was 36 uh, two years ago. So, you know, he, and he would have hit, you know, somewhere in that 40 to 50 range this season, assuming he stayed healthy and played the last 14 games of the season. He, he also got a career high in assists with 21. Fell three goals shy of his, uh, his goal career high at 21. So, look, at the end of this year, numbers-wise, you look at it, and you'd say it's a, it's a successful season for Bavillier. He's trending upwards, and, and hopefully, you know, that only continues where he builds more confidence. It seems like... You know, in that regard, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Josh Bailey in the sense that, you know, Bailey took such a long time to get going just because I feel like it was such a, a mental thing for him. I've said it many times on this show, and he finally got it together. And, you know, hopefully uh, Bavillier, you know, he finds his swing a little bit sooner than Josh did. But, um, you know, look, it's promising. And, 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 look, if he does continue to trend upward, maybe they don't have to rely on bringing in that, you know, that other top six six forward this summer. We'll obviously let Lou, Lou Lamarillo decide that and whether he dives into that whole Parise situation again or if he looks elsewhere. I, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, dangling the fishing lines in the water for whatever, you know, free agents are available, whether that's uh, Taylor Hall or what have you. But, you know, um, you know, good to see Bavillier trending in an upwards direction. And, you know, we mentioned Brock Nelson's name. That's another guy who uh, who's on pace for about 65 points this season, 26 goals, 28 assists for 54 points in 68 games. So that's uh, that's another great year for him under Barry Trotz. He really has solidified himself as a second-line center, not only numbers-wise, but also the defensive game that he plays. And uh, his, his face-offs have come such a long way. It uh, looks like he's going to be ending, ending the season at 51.77, which is by far his best season in the dot. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. And just like Pavillier, career high for him in points, 54. And, you know, like I said, it looked like he was on his way to 65. So, you know, look, with the ups and downs of this season, at least we're seeing some some positives and we're seeing some guys in this team that are uh, heading in the right direction. No, there's no question. And, and Nelson is... is is the prototypical? Is not the prototypical. He's he's the guy who you can you can look at and say that Barry Trotz has had the biggest effect on his career. I mean, Nelson has always been a guy who you knew had the ability to to, to take it to the next level, offensively, defensively, and he really has done that. He did it last year under Barry Trotz. You know, we all didn't want to believe that it was just you know that it was that he had turned the corner. That it was not just a one uh, you know like a, a one year show, but Nelson gets his contract extension. He comes in this year, and he was solid from almost on a nightly basis, bro. I mean, uh, his faceoffs were were, were outstanding. Um, you know, the offense. He scored big goals. He he set up plays. He was involved, engaged. He was he was he was great. Uh, I would say probably the Islanders' most consistent player throughout the entire season. And uh, you know, a guy who Islander fans were looking to run out of town for many, some of, you know, many nights over the early parts of his career are really, really glad that he signed that extension. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a huge positive for the team. And and look, uh, you look at you know just another guy in that that top six uh, situation. And it's kind of funny because I'm a little surprised at the number I'm looking at right now, but. 
They, he turned it on so much over this last month or so. It seems like this is going to be his M.O., at least through two, through two seasons here with the Islanders. And that's Jordan Everly, 40 points through 58 mm-hmm. games. And that kind of snuck up on us because all season we were we were talking about where, where's the Jordan Eberle from the Oilers? You know, where's the Jordan Eberle from last March and, and the playoffs? You know, we thought he was going to hit the ground running this year after the playoffs that he had, and he ends up, you know, starting off real slow. The goals weren't coming. The points weren't coming. And, you know, all of a sudden now, because of that injury he had early in the season, he only got into 58 games, but 16 goals, 24 assists, probably on pace for around 55, 56 points. And you know what? Not bad. Not bad. No, not bad at all, man. He looked much better. Still could be better, but but not bad. It'd just be nice to see him do it, you know, throughout the course of the season instead of waiting until the calendar turns to the next <laughs> to the next year for him to start showing up, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, he, had an, he had an injury early on, and, uh, you know, that definitely threw him off uh, threw him off his game uh, early on in the season. Looked great in training camp. I thought, uh, you know, he looked you know, he, he was uh, scoring in training camp. He looked like uh, they had picked up right where they had left off. He had an injury, and then you know, took him a while to get going. But when he did get going, he was putting the puck in the net. He was being, you know, his offensive self out there. So I think that uh, I, I, we're hopefully that we can get a full season of this Jordan Everly, and not just in spurts like we have the last two years. Right. But uh, he's definitely uh, look. He's going to be around. So there's, there's no no doubt about that. But uh, he's he's a guy who's definitely. Um, Someone that could that can that could provide more offense on a consistent basis than than he has the last two years. Well, he's going to have to because he's another guy who got a nice contract this summer. Even though he took a a little pay uh, a little reduction in pay, he's still making some pretty good money to be a top six forward. So, and he's going to be here for for a little while now. So he he's got to uh, you know try to work on getting that consistency going. Um, New baby, also. Congratulations, to Jordan. Ah, congratulations! Uh, yes, absolutely, yep. absolutely. So again, I, I don't want to go through every forward here and you know <laughs> bore everybody to no. death. I just wanted to highlight a couple of guys here, and and I'm sure we'll have opportunity, you know, as we as we go further towards the summer. Excuse me to uh, to look at some more guys in depth. It's just a few guys I wanted to to really highlight. I mean, maybe. You know, we'll just look at uh, the defense as a whole and the goaltending real quick before we before we move on here. But you know, you see the injury to Adam Pellick, and you know everybody started to appreciate him before the injury. You know, we we saw what a steadying presence he could be be back there, and what a compliment to Ryan Pollock that he could be. You know, as they emerge as the first pairing, it wasn't too long ago where Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty was the first pairing of this team, and you know these younger guys came in, they complement each other very well. And Adam Pellet goes down, and then you really get a taste for just how much this team appreciates the work that he puts into this team because that defense has not looked Went the same. <laughs> that is definitely a way to put it. Is the uh, the defense definitely did not look the same once he went down? And they brought in Green that helped stop a little bit of the bleeding. But, you know, it hasn't been enough. And, you know, here's a guy that, you know, the Islanders and the fans are going to be more than happy to have back healthy when uh, whenever the next season starts. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you know, when you have a guy like Pelican and what he we, – we've, we've talked about this on the show over and over again and, and what he brings to this team and what they've missed. Uh, and they got a little bit of it back with Andy Green. But, you know, that steadying presence, that those minutes, those tough minutes, and you know he is a he is a very very important part of this team on a very good contract no less so um, it'll be a it'll be a pleasure to get him back 
Uh, going around the defense, if you look at it, you know, um, you know, Nick Letty was, was much steadier this year than he had been last. Uh, the guy who I still think this year, this, this summer is, is definitely, uh, a tradable asset. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the first very, places they're going to look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he makes a good, thought of last money year. And, and he's, yeah. And you know, but he's, he makes a good summer money and he's a, you know, he's a valuable chip, you know, they'll be able to get, you know, some good assets back for him. Um, and I just think that, uh, that he's going to be the guy to go. You know, Boychuk, I don't think anybody expects Johnny Boychuk to play as much as he did this year, but he was very, very good. Um, yeah, he was solid. I, sure. uh, still he, sacrificing he was, the body, still playing right. that tough game so, in front of the net that you need. Very healthy this year, too, which was great to see. You know, he did a lot. Yeah, um, until a freak accident. Yeah. Until the accident with the skate, but he had been, you know, semi-healthy for the whole season. Uh, Ryan Pollock, I thought Pollock was great this year. I, I really do. Uh, you know, you started to see him uh, really turn the offense on in the second half of the season. You know, I thought he was on pace for what, 45 points or 47 points, which was, you know, which which was uh, would would have been a great season for him. So I'm, I'm really, and he's still playing top pairing minutes. So I'm I'm very happy to, uh, with with the progression of Ryan Pollock and see where he goes from here on forward. I thought Devon Taves had a solid year though. Um, definitely had some some growing pains along. A sophomore slump. Yeah, I think more of it was more of him being exposed because Pelic was out, and uh, you know, I, I think that has more to do with it than anything. Uh, I think that's I a good think, point. I think Taves is definitely uh, a, a big part of this team going forward. Um, very very bright spot on the blue line, but he's he's a guy who uh, definitely. Uh, where we had nothing bad to say about him after his rookie season, uh, there was some some definite plays that he made that he was a little exposed on. That I think that uh, that he will need to work on. You know, his speed ends up being able to allow him to, to make up for some mistakes either from his partner or himself. But uh, even his speed couldn't get him out of a couple of the uh, the jams he got himself into this year. So and he may that have to look at. he may never celebrate a goal again. Uh, I don't think he'll ever <laughs> celebrate a goal again after that. That uh, yeah. that nightmare. Talk about but, your all-time uh, backfires. Yeah, and then you have <laughs> Noah Dobson, who I thought I think most people thought was going to play a lot more than he did. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he, you know he's a 19-year-old defenseman. The Islanders felt the best thing for him was to be in the NHL this year to stick around with the team. I mean, anytime you can spend your time with Barry Trotz, I guess is a good idea. Sure. Um, I thought at the end of the season when he had a play when Boychuk was out, I thought he played very, very well, to be honest with you. You could see he, he oozes offensive potential, and as he grows, and I think as he learns the NHL game, Noah Dobson, you're going to see, is going to be a good, very good NHL defenseman. Uh, I, saw some, I saw some really good things from his game at the end of the season, you know, uh, just creating offense and uh, I forget who scored the goal but it was it was off a beautiful pass and by it might have been Josh Bailey you talking about uh, that goal was, where he where he went down along the boards came around from yeah. behind the net and fed it in front yeah, yeah that was that was Josh Bailey yeah that was a great play that was yeah. that's uh, that's a sign play, of a kid you know up. getting some more confidence was, you know and hopefully we see more exactly. of that exactly it was a mature play it was a guy it was it was not it was not the same type of play you were seeing from him earlier in the season so uh, it gives me hope for Noah Dobson. I think that yeah, he's eventually going to be a very good defenseman. He just going to need a little more time. I don't even know if he'll be with the team next year. He may be in the AHL, which which uh, which may be good for him. But um, 
he'll be able to play in the AHL next year being 20 years old. So, But I, I, he gives me hope for them next year. And Andy Green, as we talked about earlier, I think is definitely a guy that can come back next year. Uh, he was very solid in the time that he played and, uh, you know, to be able to, to rotate someone who has his experience, someone who has his leadership qualities. You could see it in the interviews that they had with him, the way the guys respond to him when he walked into the locker room for the yeah. first time. I think that uh, there, there is no shortage in having players like that on your roster. I think that's another reason why Lou was looking at Zach Parise, you know, last summer and during the season. You can't have enough guys who used to wear the C. You can't have enough guys who, who command that type of respect that these guys, that those guys do. So I think that that's something that, you know, Lou is going to continue to do and, 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 and build up those leaders on this team. Agreed. Agreed. And moving on real quick, we'll just touch on the goaltending before we head elsewhere. And you look at Varlamov and Grice and, you know, look, I, I think these guys gave a, gave a solid season, and, you know, we, we discussed the whole defense versus goaltending, chicken or the egg. You know, were they giving up more goals this season because the defense was breaking down there without Pellick and, and even, you know, just, you know, even the forward group too. They, they were just giving up more chances. They were giving up more goals. Is that, you know, is that on Varlamov and Grice? Is that on the defense? A combination of both? Probably a combination of both. You know, you had a lot of people still clamoring for Robin Leonard. They were sad to see him go. Um, you know, we said we we had a lot of good things to say about Varlamov and Grice in the last show because we talked about all that. Now it looks like Thomas Grice may have played his last game as a New York Islander, and if that's the case, uh, I give a huge applause to Thomas Grice in the tenure that he had with the this Islander team. You look back. When he put, he took the, the team on his shoulders when Yarrow Halak went down back in the fifteen sixteen season, and you know that was the 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 run to the second round of the playoffs, the first time long time, <laughs> as we all know. And you know, like I said, he took that team on his shoulders. He had a fantastic first round against the Florida Panthers, and even past that, you know, he he's been a a great soldier for this team. And, you know, he, he, he was the perfect, the perfect 1B goaltender. You know, even when he was with Halak, when he was with Leonard last season, and even this season with Varlamov, the guy's, you know, happy to be on the bench when he has to, happy to play on the ice when, he, when he's called on. And, you know, maybe he had a couple of rough outings this season, you know, maybe a few more this season than he did last season. But, um, you know, if this is the end of the Thomas Grice era for the New York Islanders, uh, my hat's off to him because I thought he uh, had a great four-year tenure with, the, tenure with this team. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, Thomas Grice uh, came in as a backup. He, at, at points, had to, had to fill in as a starter. Well, you know, ended up pulling out, um, pulling the Islanders out of that, that, that dreadful, all those years of not being able to, uh, to, to win a playoff series defeats the Florida Panthers, plays very, very well in that series. Um, you know, you, you look at everything that, you know, when they when they signed Thomas Bryce, I think everyone was like, really, Thomas Bryce? Like, well, you know, <laughs> this, this guy's a career backup. We need, you know, more stability and goal. And, and he was a a breath of fresh air from the, from the minute he showed up. Um, came off the Long Island. I believe he was here. I think he got here right after a snowstorm. He was Pulling people out of off the side of the road in his truck, he was helping people dig out their cars. Oh, like, yeah, that's just, right. I mean, I, I, mean, I think this, I mean, this this dude just kind of hit the ground running. His wife did a lot of work. Uh, you know, she uh, she actually helped one of the events that we we threw. She uh, she she ended oh, up that's right. yes. yes, donating some right. items. Yes, and a lot of help from Mikey at ILCLT as well. He he put that in motion for us. 
Right, right. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, both him and, you know, uh, both Brittany and, and Thomas have, have had a great run here on Long Island. Uh, I think that um, it's a shame that obviously he's uh, going to have to move on this summer, but the Islanders, from all indications from Lou Amarillo the other day when he did his Q&A, is that Elias Sorokin, every, every indication are is that he will be with the Islanders next season. And uh, I don't think that there's any question that uh, that that Sorokin and and Samuel Barlamov will be the Islander goaltending tandem uh, come whenever you know training camp starts, whether that be in September or whenever the case is. But yes, I think that we're we're finally going to get uh, you know what everybody's been asking for, and Elias Sorokin will be here. And that's where I was going to take this next. Is perfect segue into Lamarillo's Isles Q and A, and not to discount Varlamov. We can get back to him if we want, but. You know, this is this is the first time that Lou Lamarillo has said all indications point to him joining the team next year. Now, any any time I believe he's spoken about Sorokin, he talked about how it was the Islanders' intention to bring him over for next right. season. This is the first time we hear that all indications are looking that way. So he's feeling real confident that Sorokin's going to be a part of the Islander franchise you know, come this summer or whenever they're able to work out a contract. But, I mean, look, we've been talking about this forever. Mike Carver's white whale over at the ILC podcast. Is he ever coming? Is he ever coming? And it looks like it's finally going to happen. If anything (laughs) that I feel bad for this kid for is that he is going to have the, the weight of the world and expectations on his shoulders when he comes over here because he has been so hyped up by this fan base and... You know, for for good reason, because whenever you hear something about the guy, he's posting a shutout over in Russia, over in the KHL. He's He's got all the top numbers. He's winning championships over there. He's winning almost every game he plays. And, you know, all the pundits out there have been not, have had nothing but great things to say about this guy. So, right. you know, look, you know, if and when he comes, let's give him a chance to settle into the North American game. You know, if, we don't know if this is accurate or not, but it sounds like he wants nothing to do with the AHL. He wants to start in the NHL. So if that if that's uh, if that's the case, you know his first taste in North American hockey is going to be on NHL ice. So he might need a couple of games, folks. You know before he uh, acclimates himself. But you know I think it's a really exciting thing to hear from Lou Lamarillo that this guy's going to be coming over, and you're going to have some tandem there with him and Varlamov. Agreed. I mean, you know, you're going to have uh, you know what is generally considered the best goaltender not playing in the NHL is going to be now playing in the NHL. And, you know, you got a little window, you know, Igor Shestikin was generally considered the, the second best goaltender in the KHL over the last couple of years to Sorokin. And you saw how electric he was when he came over, played with the Rangers, uh, didn't lose a game after he was called up from Hartford, was very, very good in the AHL before he got to the NHL. They brought him up kind of abruptly, uh, you know, having two goaltenders already in place and, he just basically wrestled the job away from Henrik Lundqvist, a Ranger legend, and and Alexander Georgiev, who you know was having a solid season to that point. So, yeah, I think that if the Islanders can get any, if if if, if Ilya Sorokin can come over and and replicate what Chester can did for the Rangers, I think it's going to be a very exciting time uh, for the Islanders when when you get to see this kid actually play. Yeah, and and you mentioned Shesterkin, and and the word is that those guys are pretty much best pals from over there. You're gonna have a nice little eye on the Ranger rivalry there between the pipes, two Russian kids coming exactly. over, and you know being best pals. And you know, hey, I hope both of them are playing goal for each team for a long, long time, and and that 
you know, just just as another thing to help, uh, you know, accentuate this rivalry that we hope is, is coming back now that it looks like, you know, both teams are going to be more competitive. Because let's face it, folks, the Rangers are going to be even tougher next year. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those Island Ranger games for, for seasons to come with the young team that they have coming up. And just to keep it on this um, this Q&A with, with Lou Lamarillo, a couple other highlights from that was uh, one, which I think is more Lou Lamarillo stating the obvious, but he was asked about Matt Barzell and, you know, if he gets an offer sheet, would they match it? He said, yes, absolutely. And I, I don't think he's going to answer that question any other way, Tony. Great. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, I, else, I mean, I mean, there's nothing else to say about it. It's, I mean, what is he going to say? Now we'll see how it happens. I right. mean, that's just you just opening, yeah. you just opening the door, you know, for yeah. speculation at that point. So and, it's and just even though, and yeah, and even though we we did see the rare offer sheet this past off season, you know, that doesn't mean it's it's opening up the floodgates now going forward. And you know, it it, it is, I guess, a little interesting if you keep in the back of your mind the the quotes that you know, came out of Barzell last summer when that stuff was going on and, you know, how he was kind of, you know, in favor of it almost. And he says, yeah, it's fun, you know, and all that stuff. And, you know, does that mean he's going to entertain an offer sheet this summer? Not necessarily. I mean, look, the the, the hope and, and the obvious intention here, and, and Lamarillo mentioned this in, in, in that same Q&A, is, is to have him sign before that even becomes a question, before that even becomes a possibility. And I right. think that's going to be... You know, priority number one or one B, you know, if you want to put Sorokin in there somewhere. But, you know, I, I think getting Barzell locked up before July 1, assuming July 1 is still even the free agency deadline now with everything up in the air. Uh, you know, I, I think Lou, Lou's going to get it done before it even becomes a, a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And that even if it's not a long-term deal, if it's, uh, you know, if it's a... Uh, you know, a bridge deal, whatever the case may be. But I, I think that there's no question that it gets done. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And the other the other highlight there from the Q&A with Lou is uh, he was asked about the construction over at Belmont. And due to the fact that construction is considered essential while uh, the shutdown is going on, the, the show goes on at Belmont. The, they are still working on it. The, he said that he fully expects it to still be open at the expected time uh, for uh, not this coming season, but the following. And I mean, I, I guess that's a bit of good news. I don't know if that's a kind of a double-edged sword because obviously you're concerned about the guys that are going into the field and doing the work and whether or not that they should be out there. But that being said, uh, at the end of the day, they are going to be out there. They're still doing the work. So, and you know, I, I take I took a look at the the live cam actually over this uh, the course this past week, and uh, yeah, the the progress is being made. Every every next time I look at it, there's more steel up there. The building's getting higher, and it's it's uh, it's kind of surreal just just seeing it become a reality. And and they have an option now, at least the first time I noticed it anyway, where you can do one of those time lapses from when they started the construction up until you know, where they're at now, and it's pretty cool to see all the progress they made since uh, since they got it going. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, God bless them for uh, for continuing to do God's good work out there and then uh, continuing to build that uh, that beautiful building. And, um, yeah, man, it's every time I, I, I go to that camp, it's like, wow, they have done a lot of work. Yeah, it, it really is moving along, I got to say. I mean, from, from where... It, it, it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I believe they they they're, the steel is up until the up to the uh, the highest level now. As far as far as like the uh, the base structure goes, you know, I th- they still mm-hmm. have to wrap it around some more. But um, yeah, it's got some height now. <laughs> it's got some height, so it's pretty cool to see. 
So, uh, yep. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> maybe that's one small thing you can keep your eye on during this whole shutdown is at least you can start, you can continue to see the progress of the building and things are happening over there. But, you know, look, uh, all positive stuff, you know, in a time like this coming out of Lamarillo, I think it was great that, you know, they were able to get that Q&A in there. And, and I think the, the highlight, really, the biggest one is the Sorokin news. You know, just, just to hear it come from somebody's mouth. I mean, you and I have been pretty confident that he was going to come from over. From Lou's mouth, no less. Not just somebody's mouth. From Lou's mouth himself. Right. Right. Well, you know, he's definitely proven to be a straight shooter. I mean, there's certain things, you know, that he likes to keep to himself. Like, he's not going to tell you the nature of the negotiations. He's not going to tell you you know, right. what the numbers are looking like or how many years they're looking at or the bonuses or anything like that. But, you know, you know, when it comes to certain questions like this, he's just like, yeah, that's that's what's going on. You know, that's <laughs> that's what's happening. You know, yep. he had some questions yep. about every, breakfast. Every indication will be here. So that's, yeah. that's all you need. Yes. So so that's good news. And, you know, I guess, uh, I guess you know, I don't want to waste anybody's time here just because, like, like we said, we, we don't expect hockey to come back this season we hope we're wrong we hope there is a reason for us to come back sometime soon and, and talk about you know how they're going to finish out the, the regular season how the playoffs are going to go but you know if we're being honest here you know i don't i don't think it's going to happen so real quick tony i mean you know were, were there any of those playoff formats that were that were thrown out there that um you know that caught your eye or anything you would have liked like to have seen them done like one thing over the other or anything like that no nah, man, I mean yeah. nothing, honestly, <laughs> honestly, nothing, nothing made sense. I mean, really, twenty fourteen's in. You know, it's basically what you're 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 leaving out. The, you know, the the six shit teams of the league, and then you know everybody else. Is, you know, <laughs> or, or, I mean, it, it doesn't look any way any way that you did this. You know, unless it was a week or two week pause, any way that you did this was not going to be right. You know, they, you know, you're, you're in you're you're in crunch time. This didn't happen in November or September or October or anything like that. This is happening where teams have to be in the, you know, are, are, are battling for every point, every playoff spot. All these games are like playoff games at this, at this time of year. So yeah. to see where they are right now, to see it stopped, you know, to you, you bring a team, you know, you bring guys back, they're going to have to, again, do like a training camp type of a thing. And then to start playing, you know, imagine trying to play playoff games in empty buildings. I mean, in all seriousness, well, every one of us has watched hundreds of playoff games. Can you imagine that the, the Stanley Cup playoffs being played in an empty building? It I mean, would have been extremely strange. No question about it. But I, I also think that everybody would have been happy to watch, you know, fanless games on television than no games at all. I mean, at least you can sure, put me in but, that I mean, category. Yeah, but the games wouldn't have nearly the intensity. I mean, you can tell me that guys are going to get, you know, these are these are professional athletes and yeah. they're going to get up to these things or whatever, but you know as well as I do that these guys yeah. feed off the crowd. And, well, I'll you know, tell you what, they, what, one thing they would have had to have done was take all the live microphones off the ice <laughs> because you would oh, hear yeah. every word Everything. coming out of those players' mouths. Now, I think That's that would have right. made for good TV, but I don't know if the NHL would have went for it because... You know, they're trying to keep that, you know, Boy Scout image for the players, but if they had those yeah, mics hot with the with the that's building not empty. The way to do it. <laughs> yeah. That that would go down that the tubes real would, quick. Yeah, that wouldn't be the way to do it, that's true. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I would have taken that sort of hockey over none. I mean, I, obviously, I think that's a no-brainer. And and look, if if they they are afforded to an opportunity to to go with one of these strange, you know, formats that that people have been talking about, whether it's the twenty-four team or you know reseeding the the teams based on you know you know instead of doing the the uh, the divisional things, you you go back to like a one-eight situation or a one-sixteen situation. Some people thought of like you know with the reduced amount of games you just you know rank the rank the league you know based on where everybody stands in percentage points instead of just by division or by con- I mean there was a ton of ideas tossed out there you know and and some were right. cooler than others some were more interesting you had some best of 5 series thrown out there best of 3 and doing the play-ins and and if there was a time to do it and if it was going to be possible I was all for it Go crazy, have fun. Let's let's see something we haven't seen before, and, and just see how it all goes down. Because look, the season is already special. Would have already been special in the sense that they were probably going to end it around seventy games, seventy two games, or whatever it was. Right? There was probably little to no hope of of getting those last you know fourteen, twelve you know games in, depending on what team you're talking about. So I would have been all for it. I would, yeah, go crazy, have fun. And if you want to put an asterisk next to the cup winner at, at the end of the season, you know that's up to you. That's fine. Um, but better to have a little fun with it than nothing at all, you know? And, and who knows? I mean, maybe that would have inspired the league, you know, for future meetings, you know, when they, when they talk about the rules and they talk about the structure of the league and how they're going to do everything. Who knows? Maybe, maybe something new would have been born out of, out of going with, with one of those, you know, crazy formats that people were coming up with. But I, you know, it just looks like we're not going to be able to see it. I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case. It doesn't look like it. So, Tony, I think we we covered all bases that we wanted to tonight. And I just wanted to real quick shout out to uh, Have Another Donut. (laughs) I don't know your real name, but that's your Twitter handle, at Have Another Donut. And also our pal Tristan. I know you guys chimed in. You wanted us to talk about some some all-time Isles teams, uh, post-Dynasty, and and a great idea from Tristan, too, was an all-time non-North American team. I believe he was looking for it. Now... We're happy to do it, and I definitely want to. I just think we're gonna we're gonna shelve that maybe for the next show. Because look, I mean, after after this show, unless any kind of news comes out that the league's coming back, the only real thing that's coming next is is the off season where you're gonna talk the, gonna draft. Talk the draft eventually, free agency. Now maybe we'll do some off season shows and and maybe do some you know uh, old time Islander chat. That might be fun if people like it. Maybe that's something we'll do, and 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 we'll we'll compile some of these lists. So so fellas, uh. We, we haven't forgotten about you. We're going to do it. It just isn't going to be tonight. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll get you back for the next show. But with that, Tony, I think we just wanted to shout out some of our pals that, uh, you know, might be hurting a little bit during this time. So if you want to take the lead on that, Tony, and then uh, we'll, ra- we'll wrap the show up. Yeah, no, I uh, actually, I, I, uh, I took a trip out to Huntington this morning uh, to, uh, to the Blue Line Valley. I uh, got to, you know, um, talk with Don Rosner for a little bit. What? outstanding place that he's opened up there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's great, bro. I mean, you walk in, it's Islander stuff everywhere. He's got a Trache signed jersey behind the counter. He's got a nice room jersey in the corner. The bathroom has even got, you know, Islander, a huge Islander logo, but a toilet. I mean, nice. it's, it's, the place is just, you know, all the sandwiches are all named after, you know, Islander events or, 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 or things that have happened. The, you know, the, the writing in there is all, you know, familiar. 
and he's got a great staff. He's got great food, and uh, you know, I don't, you know, most people know, you know, you know, Don from Twitter, and 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 knowing, uh, you know, what he, you know what he's done with, you know, with Bagel Boss, and now uh, with the new place. Right. And uh, everybody remembers when he sent Chuck Tavares and and his entire staff <laughs> oh, yeah. bagels. That's right. Which uh, which he said that no, you know, that Tavares never even reached out to say thank you for that. Which I, I was, you know, kind of taken back by when he told mm. me that today. But yeah, maybe you know, because he knew he was taken off. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. but you know, never, never said anything to him. Which you know, that kind of that kind of sucks. But yeah, uh, you know, <clears throat> you know. Seeing you know a guy open up a new business and uh, seeing what 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 he's put into uh, what he's done there and and the quality of product that he's trying to put out there, you know, I understand if you're if you're you're looking for you know to help out one of your own, definitely go and pay Don a visit. He's got uh, he's got a great thing going up there. We want to make sure that that everybody that that tries to you know to, to bring happiness into how the fans' lives want to see their their business uh, thrive. So. Uh, so take a take a run up there. They had the new twelve up there the other day. There's a whole little uh, little little thing with uh, Jamie Stewart. Oh yeah, visit and interviewed him, which was great. So uh, so definitely go down and take a check it out. I, I really enjoyed it, uh, what what I got from there today. You know, enjoyed talking to him. Uh, see if we can pick out the uh, hockey night New York sticker that we uh, that we left nice. with on today. So we should uh, we are we are represented there so that's uh, thanks to him for uh, putting that up big and, thanks uh, to Don absolutely yeah appreciate it so that's uh, so that's a good thing so you know check it out and you know and uh, you know help out one of your one of your own there and and go and talk some hockey with the staff because they're all eager to do so but, uh, you know they're all hockey fans in there and and he's there pretty much all the time so uh, you know say hello and and uh, and help take care of one of your own Absolutely, and uh, another another spot that needs uh, needs our help also is uh, is Offside Tavern. You know, we as Islander fans have a place to congregate. Um, these guys, you know, guys like Nick um, and Don, you know, that they they create these businesses that they want to they want to build around their love for the, for hockey and love for the you know for the team. And you know, it's it's not just a thing for them where they just go and hang out like we get to do. This is their livelihood, and their right. staff that provide those services to us are part of that and uh i think that you know it's it's obviously terrible you know that, that people are out of work and those places are closed you know offside obviously is closed at this point there's no time frame for when they might be able to reopen and that's that those are, if, this is not just there it's it's everywhere you know there's a lot of places like this you know you need to support your local businesses and and a you know, these guys that, that, that taken care of us for so long, they, they need us now. So, uh, I know that, uh, Sean, you, you, you knew about, there's a, uh, a GoFundMe page, I believe that, uh, that somebody had set up to, uh, a Venmo um, page actually. Yes. And, oh, and look, well, we understand that this is, this is a hard time for everybody. And, you right. know, I mean, look, if you happen to have the means, if you happen to be in a situation where you can help out, you know, your fellow Islander fan, you know, uh, we, we absolutely encourage you, you know, to, you know, go down to Blue Line, order some food there, say hello, like Tony said. Uh, the Offside Tavern has a Venmo page set up at Offside Tavern. You can donate to them. Uh, you know, he's helping out his staff, you know, his bartenders, everybody that helps him out. That's going to – because, look, I mean, all those, all those guys – 
you know, I mean, they're out of those jobs now, at least for now. I mean, they're not behind the bar. They're not, they're not, you know, serving anybody. They're not getting their tips. So, look, again, it's a rough time for everybody, so we certainly don't have any expectations for anyone. I mean, look, you got to take care of your own. But if you happen to be in a position where you, ha- you might be able to help out, we certainly encourage you. That would be great. And, um, you know, and whether it's, whether it's them, whether it's, you know, just anybody out there, you know, anybody you can think of, you know, the whole, I'm sure everybody knows somebody, you know, running a small business, you know, especially in the, the food and beverage industry, the restaurant industry that, you know, are probably hurting right now. They could use some help. And, you know, we got our buddy Devin offside tavern, uh, sorry, uh, at yes, men outfitters, you know, he's got a small business going, going there. Obviously he makes great products, great stuff. So, you know, you can help him out as well. He, uh, he has some great shirts, great products. You know, you know, I think he has some, uh, with those, um, <clears throat> what's the, uh, the cups, the, uh, <laughs> the, what, what do you call those things? The mugs, the, uh, he's got some, yeah, yeah. He's got some great stuff there. He's got the, the hockey logo on there and everything. He's got some new hats, he's got some new shirts and stuff like that. So obviously support that. Definitely support your, your local small businesses if you can. And uh, Tony, I, I think with that we'll, we'll wrap this thing up, and I think we gotta we gotta get ready for movie night in New York. Yeah, man, we're uh, <laughs> we're going we're going uh, double duty here tonight. Double feature tonight from Shawnee Hockey and Tony Stabil. How do you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. All right, so let's cue up the music here, folks. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile, especially through these crazy, trying times. We hope everybody is doing well. Remember, folks, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Practice your social distancing, your self-isolation. Look out for your fellow man, your fellow woman, and we will all get through this. Wash your hands. So for Tony Stabile, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We'll be back soon. Could be next week. May not. But we will let you guys know. We appreciate you tuning in. Everybody have a great night. And we will talk to you soon.